longer. I'm not a slave to fear anymore. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Oh, I'm no longer. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. He's got your back. He's got your back. He's got your back. He's not going to let you go into a place that's going to destroy you. He's not going to lead you into a place that's going to completely obliterate you. He's not going to do it. He's got your back. He's your father. He's your dad. And the reason that we don't have to be afraid is because he's got our back. Because he's there. He's not going to let us fall. You're not going to let your son fall. I'm not going to let my son fall. I'm never going to let him go. And your Father in heaven treats you in the same way ten times, a hundred times, a thousand more times more love than I can have for my son. The God up above has that much love for you and for me. So that means we don't have to be afraid. That means we don't have to be scared of whatever this world comes at us with. The problem is that fear comes in and it binds us and it puts us into a corner. And the truth is, is that corner is not even there. That box of fear that you're in is an illusion. It is something that the enemy has convinced you that's truth when in fact is a lie. That is the slave. That is the slavery that this fear talks us. So I just want to blow that apart this morning. I just want to blow that apart this morning. I just want to take that bondage, and I was talking about this morning when we prayed. We need to get out of that hole. We need to get out of the hole that maybe we've dug ourselves into. Maybe we didn't dig ourselves into it, and we just fell into it. Whatever happened, but we need to get out of this hole. We need to take the hand of God and step out of the hole that we have put ourselves in or somehow we got ourselves into. Because my Bible says that I don't have to be afraid, that that's not a spirit from God. That timidity, fear, anxiousness, these, don't think, these things don't come from God. And if they don't come from God, that means they come from the enemy. That means they come from Satan. They come against the, the, the spirit of the, the enemy of our soul. So if that doesn't come from God, it comes from him. So all we have to do in order to take authority over the enemy is to speak the name of Jesus and say, Jesus is my Savior, is my God, is my Lord, and you have no authority in my life. I don't stand upon my own works. I don't stand upon my own words. I stand upon the blood of Jesus Christ that cleansed me from this sin, that allows me to speak and to walk in freedom, to step out of the hole and say it's time to move on. So dear Jesus, God, I speak to those this morning who feel like they are captured by fear, feel like there is a box that is so tight that they can't even breathe. 
whether it's a circumstance in their relationship or finances, or maybe it's something medical that's going on in their lives, or maybe there's something going on with their job. Lord, there are people in this place that feel trapped, and that is not your purpose for us. Lord, that is not your plan for us. That is not the way you want us to feel. That is not why you died on the cross for our sins. You died so that we might have life, abundant life, and that we might have freedom in this life and the next. So, Father, I pray that freedom would reign right now in Jesus' name. Right now in people's lives. Right now in Jesus' name. Right now. Because we have the privilege and the honor not to be slaves, but to be sons and daughters sons and daughters and the privileges and the honor going and being sons and daughters of Christ Father I pray that we would walk by faith not by sight that we would walk in your freedom and not by fear in Jesus name we pray amen 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 you may be seated thank you worship team Well, it's good to see you. Good to see some of you in church. It's been a while. You've been, uh, you've been cottaging and, and being the light of Jesus in other places, but I'm glad that you're back. If I could, uh, if, if I could play the soundtrack, don't do it, Ivan. I play the soundtrack to the, the show, uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. It's such, a good, it's such a good line. It goes, Welcome back. Right? You've ever heard that? Welcome back, Cotter. Am I that old? Yes, I am. Yes, I remember. When I was eight years old, I watched Welcome Back, Cotter and Vinny Barbarino, okay? So that's what it was. So welcome back, welcome back to church, welcome back. Maybe you've never been here before, but welcome back. I know that's a cryptic answer, but that's fine. You'll have to deal with it. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that we're together. It, it is encouraging when you're here. It is discouraging when you're not. Does that make sense? It is encouraging when you're here. It's discouraging when you're not. I'm not saying you don't have a good reason. I'm saying it's discouraging when you're not here. I'd rather you be here on a Sunday all together. I'm just telling you. I'm not saying you have to change everything. I'm just saying it's better when you're all here. So just come to church. It's just, it's just better for me. I know that seems, you know, whatever. Listen, we're all, um, each of us have something different about us that we get excited about. Each of us has something that if you were to start talking about a certain topic in your life, you would, you would sit up. You would sit up and start paying attention. That something in your life, for some, for some reason, it's, it's, some, it's not the same for everybody, but everybody, as soon as I started talking about something, you would be either, yeah, I don't really care about that, or there's a part of you that I start speaking that something that's right in your zone, right in your wheelhouse, and you'd be like, whoa, I've got an opinion about that. I've got something to say about what something I believe about that. And you would get all excited. Someone start, you would just start talking. Some of us... It's, you know, some of us, it's sports. Some of it's, it's music. What was that, Carlos? Go Jays, go. That's right. We can get passionate about, people get passionate about the Blue Jays, but it's not all, people don't all get cranked up about that. Some people get 
cranked up about other things and get passionate about other things. You know, uh, Pastor Corey and I, and I would say my brother as well, we get passionate about eating sushi. Like, that is something we, we have. There's passion. We're, we just know what is good and what is bad, right? We just understand these things. And some of you are different. Some of you have different things. And, you know, whether it's uh, other stuff that you get passionate about. And, Jenna, I don't know if it's colors. You know, you just, like, see colors and you just just love colors and in an organized drawer or something like that. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's cars. Maybe you get geeked out about cars and remote control things and things that go fast. Come on, Bill. Yes, it is. Yes, I know. He's listening now. <laughs> and some people just, they just, and everybody, it's different. It's different. And everybody's different. We're all wired differently. And we can all, and we can, we can start talking, and what, we need to have those conversations, church. We need to have those conversations, that, the things that we're passionate about. Maybe it's, some, maybe it's some silly little things, or maybe it's something important little things, but church, can I just encourage you to have those conversations? Let's see what gets each other excited. Let's, let's learn about one another and understand one another and say, look, I'm, I may not be the way that you are, and you may not be the way that I am, but unless we have that conversation... Unless we dig a little bit deeper in these relationships, it's never going to go further than this day, okay? This one and a half, this hour and a half, this two hours that we have together, we want it just to keep this one and a half, two hours together, and then we can do the, our pleasant, hey, what's up? Good to see you. What'd you do last week? Okay, I'll never talk to you again until next week. We can have those conversations, and we can have those relationships, but I believe that we are meant to go deeper than that. I believe that that's not the, why, the reason that God created us. Those are not the sort of relationships that the people of the early church had. I believe that they were bonded together in something much, much stronger. And so now we're starting to talk about something that I start to get passionate about, that I start to get uh, uh, excited about, start asking questions about the church. And so this morning, as I've done many times before, and if you've heard the sermon, then I'm sorry, but we're going to hear about what makes us tick as a church? Because each church is different too. See, our church is great. I love it. I love it. But there are other churches doing great stuff. There are other churches in our community doing great stuff. Other men and women of God doing great stuff in our community about God. There are other people in other communities doing great stuff. Great churches doing great things. But that's not us. And it's important that we know who we are. Church, it's important that you know who you are. You should know what gets you going. You should know what you're passionate about. We should know these things. And so we, we speak this morning about, about what God has breathed into us as a church and who we're called to be. And that's, that's part of who I am. I'm the leader. That's just the way that it goes. Is that God speaks through a leader to bring, to bring vision and direction into a, a group of people. Whether it's a church, whether it's a Wendy's. Whether it's a Home Depot, whether it's just a household, God speaks into the lives of, of leaders to set the tone and vision for the direction of a group of people. That is just the way life goes. I didn't make it that way. That's just the way it is. I'm not trying to dictate to you. I'm just trying to let you know that part of what the vision for our church is is part of what I get excited about. So I want to share that with you today. And maybe you've never heard it. Some of you have. Some of you haven't. But here's, here's, here's how it goes, is that the beginning understanding of who we are as a church starts with the reality and the understanding of the relationships that we have, that this 
is supposed to be a spiritual home for them. See, when I think of home, when I think of home, there's something that happens when I walk in. Even, like, even to my, my mom's apartment. She's got an apartment now. It's not quite the same. It's in Burlington. It's not really, like, a house that I grew up in. But when I go into her house, I just, I just go to her fridge, like, right away. Because that's my house. It's my home. And because that's how I feel. I, there's, this, there's just this release. I go, and I'm just like, hey, what's in here? There's usually good meat in here. And there's this comfort level. There's this understanding. There's this, there's this peace that comes over me when I walk into home. And for each of us, that's a different feeling. For each of us, that's a, that's a different idea. But there's this sense of home. There's this sense of, of being at home that brings the guard down, that says I can be myself, that this is not some sort of pretentious atmosphere, but an atmosphere that that's me. I'm me there. That's who I am. See, we're trying to create a spiritual home for the people of Bradford Community Church so that when you come and you see the people of our church, I don't care if you're in Wendy's, I don't care if you're in Sobeys, I don't care wherever you are, you see somebody from our church and automatically there gets a sense of home. You see, it's not about these walls. These, these walls could be like covered with flowers and all different colors. These, these walls could be purple and gold. And I would not care at all because the church is not about these walls. The church is not about this carpet and these chairs and this basement and these musical instruments. It's not about that. It's about you and me and it's about the connection that we have and that when we see each other, it's like, that's my brother. That's my sister. And in some ways, it can be, that's my father. That's my, my mother. That's my daughter. That's but that we're connected. And those are the relationships that we, we function under. Because the moment it goes outside of family church, the moment we start seeing the people of God outside of the context of family is the moment we start to compartmentalize what church is. We start to, we start to make it into something mechanical. We start to make it into some sort, of, uh, some sort of plan, some sort of step plan. Okay, in order for us as an organization, in order for us to accomplish what we need to do, we need this person and this person and this person and this person. Church, we're meant to be family. I don't see any other kind of language in the Bible when we're supposed to meet with one another. Do you see any other language in the New Testament that we're supposed to refer to each other as something other than brothers and sisters? Do you see that anywhere? Do you see any social structures or any sort of organizational structures they have in place? They've got people in those roles, but they still call them brothers and sisters in Christ. They've got people in elders' roles and in deacons' roles and people who are in charge of things, but they're, they're still brothers and sisters in Christ. And so that is what I believe we are called to be, to build a spiritual home together so that when we see each other, it feels, it feels like home. It feels like home. The first part of, of who we are as a vision is, is about having safe relationships, having safe relationships. You'll see on our banners, uh, you'll see up here, safety, spirit, servanthood. This is who we are. And the first understanding about relationships is, is that they're safe. And you know, I, know as, I know that doesn't sound like a very exciting word, safe. You know, but if you're a Blue Jays fan, then safe is awesome.
safe relationship. You see, I want to be with people that I can be with and I can be myself. I don't really like being around people that I, that I have to put on a show for. I can put on a show, but I don't really like being with people. I don't really, like, I don't really like, I don't want to be in that atmosphere. You know why? It brings anxiousness. It brings tension. And it causes me to focus on me. So those not, those not the relationships I want. I want to be with people that I know got my back, my back and I've got their back. A safe relationship. A one that says, I can be normal with them. And then there are moments, there are going to be days that I flip out on you, that I freak out on you. And some of you, I freaked out on you. Some of you, you see me in that state, you're just like, whoa, this isn't the Pastor Shane I remember. Stop nodding your head, Boston. That has to be okay. That has to be okay. There's got to be moments that we can freak out on each other and not be like, okay, well, that guy's a looney tune, so we're never going to speak again. There are moments that we all freak out. There are moments that we all flip out. And it's those relationships, it's those people that I know that I can be myself, that I can be weak, or I can be strong, or I can be funny, or I can be sad, or I can make mistakes, and it's okay. Those are the real ones, and those are the ones we want, too. Those are the ones we want. I couldn't get my earphones in for worship today. I, I don't know what I was doing. I was messing around with it. And we just have to be able to stop and say, look, we're just family. This isn't a presentation. This is us getting together as family. That's why we're here. So there's... There's different levels of these relationships. There's different levels, obviously, as we get into relationship. I mean, the first level is this, is acceptance. You see, in order for us to actually build relationships that you have to accept each other as equals. You have to accept each other as equals. You have to, in your heart, realize that the person sitting across from you is not better than you. You've got to start there. Because we all, listen, that is not an easy bridge to cross. You actually have to look at the person across from the pew I mean these chairs, and look at a cross and be able to say, I am no better than you, and you are no better than me, so let's just flatten it out. Let's just straighten it all out right now. God doesn't love me more than he loves you. Doesn't love you more than he loves me. My, my role in this church is not more important than your role. It's not. Because if we don't all do it together, then it falls flat. Okay? Like if I'm, if I'm leading no one, then I'm not doing very good at my job. If nobody's here today, then, my, then the church isn't going to work. We all have to do this together. But that starts with us understanding that we're not better than the other person. Whether we're bald, whether we got hair, whether we're short or fat or skinny or dark or light, it does not matter. But unless, until we get to that position, we're not really going to have a relationship. Because you know what? It's that level of acceptance that stops us from walking across the room saying hello, because a lot of times we'll just prejudge people on the way they look, be like, okay, well, I'm not going to talk to them because they don't look or feel or I, I'm not comfortable or whatever. Okay, let's just forget about it. We got to cross that line, okay? That's where relationships start. Those, those are the things that have to fall down first. We have to get to acceptance, and then we have to get to allowance, because 
allowance to uh, allow for one another's failings because the more we get to know one another, okay, let's say we just, maybe I cross the room, maybe I just do that. That strength to go and talk to that person I've never talked to. Say, hey, Derek, my name's Shane, how you doing? And I realize that Derek doesn't really care that much about baseball. He cares more about car racing. And he realizes that I don't care as much about car racing, and I care more about baseball. And then all of a sudden we realize, oh, wow, this person's different than me. This person values something that I don't value. This person just said a word in our conversation, a word that I don't ever use. I would never say that word. You know what? We have to allow for each other's differences. We have to allow for each other's. You know, some, sometimes we're going to say stuff that we're not all agree. But listen, if we all have to agree, if we all have to be the same, then that's going to fail. Because nobody's like you and nobody's like me. So sooner or later along the way, there's going to be stuff that you like that I don't like. There's going to be stuff that you say that I would never say. But God's called us to be together. And if we're going to grow deeper in those relationships, we're going to have to, we're going to have to put up with each other's differences. You may even think something about the Bible that might be a little bit different than me. But if Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sin, he's Savior, he is Lord, and we have given our lives to him. And that has made us brothers and sisters. And there are things that have made us brothers and sisters in Christ. There are little things and nuances about God's word that we may see not eye to eye on. But that does not mean. Because, listen, you're going to read the Bible a little bit different than I'm going to read the Bible. We're going we're gonna to figure stuff out that's a little bit different. And we all have it, church. We have to get over some of that stuff. Every week, I pray with the Baptist Church pastor, the Alliance Church pastor, and the pastor of Greater Life Community Church here in Brampton. We pray together, spirit-filled leaders. We pray every week. This week, the Baptist pastor and the Alliance Church pastor were here in our basement, painting in our basement. For the past three or four weeks, we have been helping each other do jobs in each other's churches. And the next, listen... The next step is that we're going to take that to the rest of the churches in our community, saying we're here to help you. We are here to support you in the ministry that you're doing because what brings us together is way more than what divides us. So church, we need to take that posture. We need to take that attitude with one another, let alone people from other congregations. I'm talking about right here. And then we get to that level of accountability. Accountability that allows us to speak into each other's lives. Accountability that says we can sharpen one another. Accountability that says, look, there's something going on in you, and I don't know what's going on in you, but it seems like it's destructive, so can we have a conversation? We've got to get there, church. We've got to be able to sharpen one another. We've got to be able to not hold each other accountable, but allow ourselves, because I'm accountable to God. I don't expect you to be my discipline master of my Christianity. <laughs> but I do expect you, if there's something going on in me and you can notice something, that we can have a conversation. 
you can say, Pastor Shane, I just noticed this. Is everything okay? Those are the relationships I want. And that's where we've got to go. We've got to get there. We've got to get there. Safe relationships. Spirit, the spirit and the word working in conjunction. We have to have a passion for God's word and his spirit working together. The Bible tells us that all scripture is God-breathed. That means that everything that was written down as far as God's word is concerned was actually inspired by the Holy Spirit. So we need to understand what the word has to say and also listen to the still small spirit that speaks to us as we live each and every day. And God's word and his spirit working in conjunction with one another and understanding what that means and how it applies to our life, we need to figure that out. Because that's the ball game, folks. If you don't know the Bible, how do you know God's speaking to you? If you're not reading the Bible, how do you know what God's saying to you is actually what's in the Word? And you're not just talking to yourself. You don't know unless you know the Word. And unless you know the Word, how do you know it's actually the Spirit speaking? They go hand in hand. We've got to get passionate about this. This is how we learn from God. This is how we grow stronger. This is how we understand who we are and who we need to be. And if, as we listen to the Spirit, as we understand that still small voice, because church, nothing changes in our life. Nothing good comes from our life until we listen to the Spirit of God speaking to us. Nothing good comes into our life unless we're listening to the Spirit of God speak it to us. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. That's what it says. Well, how do I know that gift is from God? It's because that's what the Spirit is trying to tell me. That is your relationship with God, and that is the relationship that He wants to have with you. But it only happens through understanding your word. And there, there are levels of your relationship with the Spirit. See, when we first give our lives to Jesus, a lot of times what the Spirit will have to say to us is, a, is like, uh, you see that thing that you're doing in your life? Yeah, that's bad. The Spirit convicts. We have to allow the Spirit to speak to us. And guess what? I'm not the Holy Spirit. And you know what? Neither are you. No, you are not. It is not your job to correct every wrong thing in your friend's life. That is not your job. The Spirit of God is way better at it than you. We have to trust the Spirit. The Spirit convicts. He does a real good job of it. The second thing the Spirit does, the Spirit teaches, helps us understand who God is and how His love works and how His justice works. But that stuff's only going to happen if we're reading His Word. Some of us don't even know what we're doing is wrong. We don't even understand. Our faith right now is just based on what I say, which is horrible which is not healthy. You need to read the Bible and listen to the Spirit to know what's right and know what's wrong. And then there's those moments when the Spirit leads us. Those moments that the Spirit leads us, not just to, to tell us what we're doing wrong, not just to say what is right, but to actually go and do something. I can remember those moments in my life. When the Spirit has led me and said, this is what I want you to do. And it has nothing to do with something that I'm doing wrong. It's not understanding the knowledge of God. It's just those moments 
that God speaks, and he says, I want you to go pray for that person. I want you to go talk to that person. I want you to stay here a little bit longer. I want you to give this person this one little thing. And I'm telling you, this is the way the spirit works. But unless you have your relationship with him, unless you understand that his voice is there to help you, his voice is there to guide you, to lead you, and direct you, you're going to miss it. I never want to miss it. I never want to miss it. I never want to miss the Spirit of God speaking. I want that. That is, that is my connection with God. And that's how He wants to speak to you. We need to be passionate about this church. We need to be passionate about hearing the voice of God. The kind of relationship that he wants with you and with me is a daily one. It's a daily one. It's not a year planning ahead. It's not like he says to you, okay, well, it's January 1st. Here's what you're going to do for the rest of this year. Come and talk to me again January 1st. That's not the way God works. He has a daily, moment-to-moment -moment relationship with you and with me. In order for me to understand how that works, I need to read the Bible and I need to listen. We need to be passionate about that. I can't be the Spirit of God for you. Only you, only you can hear what the Spirit is saying for your life. Only you. I can't do it. Only you. The last thing is servanthood. And listen, church, if you've heard me speak for six months to a year, you'll hear those words come out of my heart all the time that we need to be humble that the action of our faith needs to come out in humility the last thing this world needs is another arrogant Christian who thinks they're better than everybody else they don't need to see that they need to see people who are willing to serve People who are willing to give of themselves without expecting things in return for the sheer reason that Jesus' love is so big in them that they can't help but be a help. We need to have an attitude of servanthood. We need to be able to serve God. We need to be able to humble ourselves and be able to hear what the Spirit... And that's where it starts. Listen, church, we have to humble ourselves before God and be able to say... It's your way, God, not my way. We can't come to, come to God with pride. We can't come to God saying, God, you know, uh, I'm willing to be saved. I really like to go to heaven, but can I, can I do it my own way? Like, I like what you're doing. Can I just modify it a bit? It can't be that way. We have to trust him with our whole heart. And that takes humility. That means I've got to suppress some of the things that I think I would love to do. I'd love to go spend $500 on buying a Lego Death Star right now. I would love it. I would love to buy the Lego Death Star. And put it together, are you kidding me? I would love to do that. But that would be something that I'm just doing for me, for no other reason but for me. And that is not what my life has been called to do. That's not who I'm supposed to be. Is there something wrong with me wanting the Lego Death Star? I don't think so. Maybe some of you do. 
But the point is, is that I can't come to God and say, okay, God, I want all the things that I want and, and follow you too. I want, I want all the things to go perfectly for me and follow you too. No, it's God, I trust you with my life. You died on the cross for my sins. You gave everything to me. We'll do it your way. It starts with that. But then we got to learn to be able, once we start listening to God, now we got to be able to serve one another. And serving one another, that's a whole big difference than serving God because God's perfect. I know he is. He's perfect. And when, he, when the Bible says this is what you're supposed to do, I know that's what I'm supposed to do because God's perfect. He's the God man. He knows exactly what I'm supposed to do. But now you're saying that I gotta, I gotta serve these people? Like, I've gotta trust people that I know are gonna make mistakes? Yeah. Yeah. I've gotta, we've gotta be able to look at one another and regardless of what we know about each other's lives and, and look into each other's lives and say, well, I, I'm not amazing at this or I'm not perfect at this and, I, and you've been doing stuff that I don't disagree with, but that doesn't mean we're not called to serve one another. You see what I said at the beginning? We can't think of each other that we're better than one another. In order for us to work together, we have to be able to serve one another. And there are moments that we have to humble ourselves even before those who are, we may not even respect. We may not agree with everything that they say. But isn't that what Jesus did? That he humbled himself subjugated himself to authorities that he didn't respect. He humbled himself and he said, I'm going to do what it takes because it's in my serving that they will see that this truth is real. It is in my humility that they will accept this truth. That they will see that I love you. I got faults. You got faults. But each of us have to serve one another in order to accomplish anything together. Lastly, it's serving the rest of the world. It's serving the rest of the world. See, it's one thing to serve God who you know is holy and who is perfect. Another thing to serve Christians who you know are trying, <laughs> who are trying to serve God, who are trying to do the right thing. Now, now he's calling us, now he's calling us not just to serve one another, but to humble ourselves even before those who may not even agree with our faith, who may be spitting on us, who may be making fun of us. He has called us to serve them as well, to humble ourselves and not to look at the rest of the world like we're somehow better, that we've got a ticket in our pocket and, and, and they don't have one, so that somehow gives us a badge of honor that I've done something better than them. Church, it's not true. The moment we start thinking ourselves better than those who don't know Jesus is the moment we've missed the heart. You know what, church? We try and do things in our community. And the reason we do try and do those things in our community is because we need, they need to know that Jesus loves them. And they may not give anything to us in return. In fact, they may even persecute us. They may even say things 
wrong about us, but that is the heart of Jesus. And we're called to serve God. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's who we are as a church. That's who we want to be. That's who we're striving to be. That's what we're going for. And in the midst of all of that, as we look out towards this next season of our lives, the next season of us together as a church, on the sign, the portion of Scripture, it's 1 Peter chapter 3. It's verse 12. It just says verse 15 out there, but I'll read verse 12 to 15. See, it's important that we can explain what we believe and who we are. You need to know who you are. We need to know who we are and what we're passionate about because there's a lost and dying world out there who have tons of questions. And we have to be able to have some answers that we can't just wonder to ourselves and look down and think, well, I'm not really sure. I mean, why do you go to church? Why Jesus? Why are you serving Jesus? First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 says that we should be able to explain this whole thing. We should be able to convey this to the people around us. Verse 12, 1 Peter chapter 3, the eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right. And his ears are open to their prayers, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Now, who, who will want to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, we must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your Christian hope, you need to always be ready to explain. you know that this truth that we believe in is being attacked. You know that these truths that we hold dear are being challenged on every side. Church, in this next season, we need to understand why we believe what we believe. So we're going to be talking about the Bible. We're going to be talking about heaven and hell. We're going to be talking about the Trinity. We're going to be talking about sin. We're going to be talking about Jesus because we need to understand it's not just that we can say the words. We need to passionately be connected to these truths so that when people ask us, why do you do that? We have a better answer than, I don't know, it's because I like it. It's fun. It is fun. We need to be ready, always be ready, to explain this hope that we have. I don't want to try and put pressure on you. I just want to show you that it's, it's not as hard as you think. Now we need to be able to explain it. The Muslim community in the city of Vaughan, 
is planting a mosque in our community. One of the one of the biggest in Ontario, they're planting a seminary there in our community. They have acres and acres of land down the 10th side road between the 11th and the 12th line. Go drive down. There's white paint on the tree. On the bottoms of the trees. I don't know why they do it. But there they are. They are setting up shop in our community. We need to be a beacon of light. And we have to know. We have to know. We have to know. What we believe. I'm not against them. I just don't think they have the truth. I think we do. And I want to be able to share that truth in a way that doesn't make me look like I don't know what I'm talking about. I want to be able to say, this is what I believe. This is what I'm passionate about. And it's not something I'm trying to remember, but something that I know. So we're going to learn about these things. It's not going to be a classroom. We're not going to bring up a chalkboard. It's not going to be any tests. So just stop getting anxious. I know some of you are thinking, oh, man, there's going to be pop quizzes. There's going to be tests. You're going to have to write essays. No. But what I want you to do is start to get excited that we're going to learn together about the foundations of truth about this faith that we have. That the reason that we get excited is not based on a whim. It's not based on some mystical experience that we've all had. But based on foundational truths that have been established for centuries. That were inspired over 2,000 years ago. And that message has not changed. And is still changing and, and, and bringing people closer to Jesus I want us to know him, and I think we're going to grow. I think some lights are going to come on for some of you and realize, oh, that's why I think this. Oh, really? That's why? Wow. I feel so much stronger. I feel so much more confident. I have so much more understanding. And then in turn, that confidence and that understanding is going to help us to reach the people around us. So that when you go to invite someone to church, when you start speaking about Jesus, some of us don't speak about Jesus because we think we don't know enough. Right? Well, let's learn together. Let's learn Sukhawati. Because it's amazing truth. And I think it's going to bring life to your soul. This is who we are. This is our church. We're all passionate. Other churches are passionate about other things. This is us. This is who we are. Church, we have to know who we are. You have to know who you are. As a part of this church, and who we are is in Christ. We're going to figure that out together, okay? Okay? Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to speak to our church. 
Lord, I know. I know that there are things, that there are challenges. God, there's more pressure coming on the church. I know that there are those who are going to question what we believe and why we believe. So God, I pray that you would help us to be passionate. God, you would help us to, to want to know what we believe and who you are and what the word teaches. So that when that moment comes, when someone asks us, that we'll be able to explain this hope because it's a hope. It's not just a bunch of rules. It's not just a bunch of truths but rather an understanding of relationship with you, God, an understanding of this whole master plan that you've put together for the people on this planet to understand in order to connect with you. That's what this is. God, we're not, I don't want to try to explain the rules. I don't want to try and explain doctrine. I want people to see hope. I want to explain why I'm so passionate about the church. Why I believe that we are called to, together to shine the light of Christ. And so I pray that we would look forward to that. pray that we would discover, rediscover who we are and what we believe and understand who you are in us and through us. Lord, I thank you for our church today. Lord, I pray that you'd be with us as we have some meetings after our service, Lord. And we just pray that, that we would be able to go forth and have such a wonderful day and fellowship together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, we've got a great, we've got a great fall plan. We've got, uh, we've got our, 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 we've got our missionary, who is coming, um, who is reaching out to the Muslim community coming this fall. Uh, Ron, Pastor Ron's coming to speak to us this fall, and we're going to be learning about the foundations of our faith. Come to church. Let's be together. It's encouraging when you're here. It's discouraging when you're not. So please come. Please come. I'll even give you candy. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.